Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hubble's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai. Best in new inventory with just terrific warranties, which are so important. Great pre-owned inventory with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a fabulous service department that backs it all up with the best technicians going. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online, sunburymotors.com. Matt McGloin in a few moments. And we open the show with anger. I'm not angry. Apparently, the rest of the NBA world is angry about Draymond Green being suspended for Game 3 tomorrow. Or tonight, I guess. Whatever it is. And I don't understand it. The guy stepped on another player and then egged on the crowd when they were giving him the bird, basically. But he egged them on. So, don't be all about player safety. Oh, we have to protect the players from the fans when said player who's been ahead of all this and has kind of been like the main spokesperson for this other than maybe Russell Westbrook literally was the person that started it with the fans after he got ejected from the game the other night. So I don't want to hear this hypocrisy about player safety anymore with the NBA because we're all outraged that Draymond Green, who's been a menace in this league, is suspended for one measly game. He's lucky he's not suspended for more games. Now, should Sabonis been suspe- should been at least punished of some sort? Sure. He did grab and twist his ankle. I get that. That If you want to do something to even, even suspend him, that's fine. I don't care. But don't give me the outrage and hypocrisy that Draymond Green shouldn't be suspended. Because he should. And it should have been more. Are you running for judge? <laughs> I might as well. Because I'd put the hammer down. You would be the hanging judge. My understanding is the suspension was because of an accumulation. But Even more of a reason, too. I agree with everything the NBA has said. The act itself and his history. I'm sorry. You put yourself in this position, not the NBA. Deal with it. Man, I said yesterday, and I'll stick with it. Uh, and that is, uh, um, I thought the uh, being thrown out of the game was enough. 
I would I wouldn't have suspended him, but that's just me. That's just me. I mean, I I wouldn't I, you know. And if it was a regular season game, I wouldn't have suspended him. Now, if he did it again, yeah. Maybe the Warriors can come back and win, play the Sixers in the finals, and he can step on Joel Embiid. Now, now, listening to you would be worth the price of admission. <laughs> I wouldn't have to worry about it because I take Joel Embiid over Draymond Green in a heartbeat. Draymond Green is probably the Warriors' fourth option on the floor offensively. He is a good passer. He's a good rebounder. He hustles his heart out every game. Hustles. But he has never been able to get his emotions I mean, I, I want him playing emotionally. Okay, that okay, that I want. I want him to play because I think it's good for the team he plays with emotion. But he's got to channel that where that emotion is a plus for his team and not out of control. His problem is he then goes across the line and he loses control. He can't he can't keep his emotions in check all the time. And that's what happened in the game the other night. It's what happened in the series with the Cavaliers in 2016. When he got suspended there, too. All right, Matt McGloin in a moment. <clears throat> the Otani-Aaron uh, Judge thing was huge last night. Great. Um, another like marquee like spotlight game everybody's watching and and um number ninety nine came up uh um small again. Get the lingerie on the deck, call the janitor. Playoffs marquee matchups. He's really good against the Royals though. How often do you play them? I don't know. What is it? Not enough. Yeah. Not enough. Back with more in a moment. <laughs> Maybe so. Here on uh, News Radio 1070 WKMK. Hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors 
Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 630 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 630 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the mm. out of auto repair. All right, great to have you with us, and uh, let's bring in Matt McGloin. Matt, uh, first of all, welcome, and I'm on Sirius XM Monday with Ben Hartsock and Robbie Hummel. And the first thing they have to bring up is, you know, you. <laughs> oh, is that right? What do they have to say, Steve? Oh, just, uh, you know, he said, lately you haven't been as available. And I said, well, I said, he's, I said he's trying to win a race. <laughs> right and I pointed out to them, I said, I said, in the county he's trying to win, I said, is where they, is where they portrayed the office. They go, oh. <laughs> so. Well, Steve, I, I always have time for you. I appreciate you having me on the show. It's, uh, it's good to hear your voice, man. And uh, I, look, I look forward to catching up with you here over the next 12, 14 minutes. That sounds great. Let's start with the uh, quarterbacks. You watched them uh, on the field, field level. Uh, they got a lot of pressure on them during the course of the scrimmage. What uh, what were the impressions you had when you were done with the game? Yeah, you know, look, and 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 you know, obviously, you're not the first person that has brought up to me, um, you know, the pressure that the quarterbacks dealt with. Um, at times in the past game there on Saturday. Now, you know, uh, a lot of people talk about, you know, throughout spring ball or even in the NFL, Steve, OTA's minicamp, oh, you know, the defense is ahead of where the offense is, the defense is ahead where the offense is. When you play offense, right, you don't like when people say that. But, you know, as a, as a radio, you know, as a radio personality or, or as a broadcaster, when you look back on it, that, that, is, that is a little bit true, right? It still takes guys – you know, time to to get comfortable playing with one another on the offensive side of the football, understanding protections, understanding responsibilities. That stuff does take time, and even for these young quarterbacks, right? You got to remember, for you know, as mature as they have looked at times, right? This is still a process for them. They're still understanding what Mike Yurcich wants out of them. They're still understanding how to be able to process that information that they're seeing every single day. Yeah, I don't want to call them robots, Steve, but you know, right now they're 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 looking at everything. They're going through their progression, right? They're seeing the whole entire picture, and that's fantastic. But it'll get to the point, Steve, where they really understand it, right? That they're able to understand coverage, where they exactly where they want to go with the football. They'll, they'll be able to eliminate uh, eliminate routes based off of defenses, things like that, and then they'll start to get rid of the football a lot quicker, not hold on to it as long as you know maybe on Saturday, but. You know, I think it was. I think there were flashes. I think it was very encouraging um, from both guys, Allar and Prabula. There's a lot of talent there. You know, I, I look forward to seeing how that competition plays itself out. But, but Steve and I think, I think this is one of the obvious things, and I think everybody saw it. Is that when it comes to those two quarterbacks, they need to be able to find consistency. Now they don't. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying they need to put the team on their back. They don't have to do that. They just have to understand what Mike Yersich wants out of them, play their game, rely on the run game, rely on the depth that, that they have at that offensive line, and use the talent of the wide receiver, and understand what they have defensively and how special that defensive unit is. Well, and, and you understand this, 
better than anybody uh, because if you're there for all 15 of them, there are some days where the defense looked like they did on Saturday. But there are also days where the offense won. There are also days where it was even. So you need, I think, that full perspective to understand. And you get that because you were in that spot. There were some days where you were out there, the defense just, it was their day. There were some days where out there, and guess what, they couldn't stop you. And there were days where it was even. And you, you understand that better than anybody. Oh, of course you're going to have those days. You're, you're going to have great days. You're, you're also going to have days that are, that are very humbling. Um, you know, you're right, but that's, that's part of the process, too. And, and, you know, Steve, one of the things, like, you know, as much as people don't want to talk about it, like, you get tired of going against the same exact defense every single no day. No doubt. And I no know there's, a, there's been a lot of coaches talking about, you know, the, the possibility of scrimmaging other teams, you know, in, in their spring game, you know, similar to what the NFL does where they do those joint practices. So that'll be an yeah. interesting topic to see moving forward. Obviously, there's a lot of pros and cons with that. Um, but, you know, it, it, it gets to a point sometimes where you're almost game planning to, to play against your own offense or game planning to go against, um, you know, your, your, your own defense. Um, but, uh, but, no, the competition is good. It's very good right now. Um, you know, and, again, I think there was some really, really positive things to take away from, from that blue-white game on Saturday. As a quarterback, how physical do you need your wide receivers to be against corners? Extremely. Um, you know, you can't you, – you don't have time, Steve, to wait for him almost in a way. You know, I mean, there, there are certain – you know, there, there are certain moments in games, there are certain plays, there are certain times where he has to work, and you have to understand that. But if I'm playing progression football, if I'm going through a concept or, or you know, it's cover two or it's cover four and i got to get through my read and my progression, you're getting beat up at the line of scrimmage, I, I can't wait on you. i got to get off because I, I can't I, I can't take the time to, you know, wait on you while these other routes are developing and other guys are working to get open. So these guys have to be physical at the line of scrimmage. I mean, the way I think of it, Steve, is all, you got one move. Right, I can't have you yeah. waiting at the line of scrimmage, making two moves, maybe three moves to try to get open. You got one move to be physical and to get open and get off the ball and try to get open. Now, as a quarterback, you have a pretty good feeling of knowing when a guy is going to get a good release or a clean release or when he's battling and he's going to eventually win that. But you also, as well, see when, listen, no, I got to get off this. I got to go. I got to move. Yeah. And then you got to let them know. You got to say, "Hey, listen, man. You know, you, you got to understand, right? Right? We're playing progression football right here. You, you got to do a better job job of getting off the line of scrimmage. Be physical with him. If he knows he's in a battle, he, he's going to lay off a little bit. He's going to back off you a little bit here. But if he's beating up on you and beating up on you, you can expect him to be in your face for four quarters. Because on the touchdown play to, to Amari oh. Evans." I, some people said to me, he said, boy, they probably should have called offensive pass interference on the play. And I said, yeah, maybe. I said, but that doesn't bother me. Guess what? He got the guy out of the way and got himself open. And to me, that showed something to me on Evan's part that he was willing to be physical with somebody to get himself open. Exactly. Yeah, you, you want those guys in your football team, right? I, I, you want guys that are going to be physical. You want guys that are trying to work to get the football. Um, you know, so I, 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 thought, I thought it was a great job. You, you, I mean, again, and Steve, it's, you know, I think a lot of officials as well, I mean, they're, they're, they're going to let guys be physical. Right? They're going to yeah. let guys play for most of the time. 
Um, you know, and, and heck, too, you know, if you're getting a, an offensive pass interference call for being too physical and trying to work to get open, if you're a coach, I don't understand how you can get frustrated with a kid for doing that. No. No, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, you're going to get pressure in the games. That's why left tackles are so important. You watch the pressure from Chop Robinson to deny Dennis Sutton as pure pass rushers. What did you think? You know, I, I said this early last season um, when, when Chop Robinson was just getting comfortable um, at, at Penn State and, and in that defense that he had the potential of becoming one of it, one of, if not the best pass rusher that they have. Um, he, he's he's extremely quick. He's extremely strong. Um, you can tell he understands the game too, Steve. Yeah. Um, yes. You know he's a smart player. Um, I, I expect big things from from Chop Robinson this year. And then obviously, you know, a guy like Denai Dennis Sutton. Um, you know, who's a sophomore who has a lot of potential. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of guys, Steve, and a lot of names. On that, uh, on that defensive side of the ball, especially up in that front four, that you can point to and say, "I expect big things out of him." Yeah, I agree with that, Matt, uh, and and that's important. The off season, uh, everybody talks about leadership. It shows in the winter workouts. It shows in the spring, but I think it shows a lot at this time of the year because the players have to organize some elements themselves. Matt, when you were there, how important was that element? Because you were the unquestioned leader. Yeah, you got, you, know, you, got, you got to get on the phone. <laughs> you know, hey, hey, we're having a throwing session today at 5.30. Hopefully you can make it. Um, and that's it. You know, I mean, you have to be able to reach out to these guys. You have to be able to schedule with these guys and say, listen, guys, we understand we're working out in the morning. We understand we're doing conditioning drills. You have to do everything you can to get healthy, to take care of your body. You know, but at the same time, we got to get these concepts in. We have to get these plays down. These young quarterbacks, they got to they got to get used to spitting out the verbiage to understand what they're seeing. I talked about being somewhat robotic, right? When you start training camp, that, that that's got to go away. Right? You got to start playing fast. You got to start putting get You're on the clock. Once training camp kicks off, you can't you can't waste time. You can't waste days, and you can't waste practices because there's just there's not enough to go around. So right now, right, you've got to be out there every single day, Steve. I'm not I'm not patting myself on the back, but there were days where I would just take the, the net around and I grab a bag of balls. I would push the net around the turf field and you know throw five or six balls in one round. I pick up my bag of balls, I drop them five yards up, and I walk down to the net five yards. I put it on the other side and throw another route. I mean, and and you would just you walk up the field and visualize it, you say the plan in your head, you think over the play, it, it's a process. We're all creatures of habit, right? So the, the yeah. more you get into a routine, the more you get used to it, the more you get comfortable with it, it becomes that much easier for you. And again, when you're breaking a new quarterback, it's about team bonding as well. You got, you got to get yeah. to know these guys. You got, you, got, you got to get to respect these guys. You, you got to, I'm not saying you have to be best friends with, with, with your teammates, right? But, you know, right. it's you have to you have to truly become a team, and, and you're you're absolutely right. The importance of of this time right now here in the summer, it's crucial to how your team develops. It's crucial to how you show up to training camp, so you can hit the ground running. And for everybody who understands, when Matt was throwing into the net, it would be placing the net, but then you would go through footwork progression and then make the throw. So it was more than just simply throwing into a net. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's kind of, but that's, I was lucky because, you know, when it, you had, 
you had a guy like Bill O'Brien, you had a guy like Charlie Fisher, or, or even professionally, you know, everything you did was, was game speed. So, I yes. mean, Steve, I, you know, anybody, any quarterback can drop back one, two, three, four, five, and just throw the ball into a net. Run it. Right. You have to be able to put yourself in a game. So if you work in the right side of the field, one, two, three, four, five, I don't have my first one. I don't have my second one. Now I'm now I'm hitching up into the pocket, or or I'm moving past the pass rusher, resetting my hips and delivering the football on the field. That's that's what you're talking about. That that's the stuff that yep. that these guys these guys have to be doing right now. They just they have to be comfortable being uncomfortable, right? So um, you know this is this is important important time. But again, these these seem like two two hungry quarterbacks who. Who want to do well? Who want to learn? Yeah. Um, and again, you got a guy like Mike Yersich who's been around a long time, so I'm sure he's he's telling them the same thing. Matt, always a pleasure, my friend. It's just great uh, just tossing it around with you. I appreciate it so much. Anytime, thank you. You bet, Matt McGloin. We'll come back more in a moment here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15. Hummel's Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai, the best in new inventory with great warranties. Pre-owned inventory, they go over with a fine-tooth comb. That's how you get the Sunbury Motors guarantee. And a fabulous service department that just does a great job with first-class technicians for the life of the vehicle. It's Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf online, sunburymotors.com. We now go to your next rant. Also NBA related. <laughs> it's been kind of a theme this week, and I, I don't understand why. I know I know beat reporters have jobs to do, but there was one out yesterday from the New York Post that Ben Simmons all of a sudden is making a turn for the better in his rehab and working on his mental health and all this type of thing. The problem is we've seen this story before. And it hasn't come to fruition at all for either the Sixers or the Nets. So why is this a story now? I'll believe it when I see it. The guy well, just isn't in the right mindset. The guy is selfish. Clear as day is selfish. So until he's back on the court playing more than at least 60 games a season, then this is not a story to me at all. Uh well, I think the the beat report is just doing his or her job. I mean, they're in a series right now. People are wondering where he is. So he wrote an article on where he might be right now. There's nothing wrong with writing that. He didn't sit there and say he was going to play. He didn't sit there and say, you know, you know that he had absolutes on it, but he wrote a story. I don't think anything wrong with doing that. Do you? There's nothing wrong I mean, with it. It's just I mean, I'm 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 in the boat of well, let's just wait and see what he does at this point. Yeah, but that's as the beat reporter, that's not his job. His job is okay. Right. Is to look, I need to come up with stories today. 
well, this happens to be the story du jour, so I I need to write about it. I'd be curious if it's one of those things where it's a story because it's his job as if he really doesn't think it's a story. Because I've been in that spot before where I do it because it's my job, not because I really think there's right. any meat in Right. And potatoes to it. Oh no, he's around it. He understands that, I, I, or, or he or she. I don't know who wrote the story, uh, but I mean that's the bottom line. Is you sit there and it's your job. So part of your job is to sit there and okay. Well, I guess we need to do the. Hey, you guys really need me to do the Ben Simmons story, huh? All right, here we go. Let's do it. And you do it, um, and then you just kind of wait and see how it plays out. Okay. That's all it is. Nothing wrong with writing the story. He didn't say he was playing. He didn't make any excuses for him. Nothing. Just wrote a story. I really don't think he's ever going to play again in the NBA. I really don't. He may get traded again to a different team, but he'll get traded again just to sit, pretend like he's trying to come back, and then just eat up money and be selfish about it. I'll say this. His agent is is a genius. I mean, he's he's making guaranteed money hand over fist. Yeah, that's Rich Paul. I think is his is his agent. Yeah. Yeah, I give him credit. I give him credit. You know, it may not be uh, you may not, like, you may not like it, but the agent's job is to sit there and crank out a contract, and they crank out a contract. I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due. Uh, and as for Draymond, I know you disagree with me, but I I wouldn't have suspended him. But I think being tossed out of the game, especially in the fourth quarter, was enough. Now, I also understand Sabonis. They think he is a bruised sternum. They're not sure if he can play in the game. Okay. Uh, that would weigh on, on my decision as to what's, what's going on. Uh, part, you know, I may do a contingency. In other words, he doesn't play, you don't play. But that's that's me. I just, uh, I mean, what he did was wrong. I mean, it's, I mean, it doesn't take any genius to know that what he did was wrong. Um, but you, of course, uh, would like to see. Uh, all these people but let's face it you're the prince of the guillotine yeah get out under your watch there'd be nobody left alright so <laughs> F-O-U-L-E-D that spells Again. does green play hard yes does green give them Work on the boards, yes. Is he a good defender? Yes. Uh, is he um, a good offensive player? Not really. He'd be the fourth option. He's not really a great offensive player. Uh, you don't really want to run set plays for him. Um, is he is he the emotional leader of the team? No doubt. But as the emotional leader of the team, it brings with it responsibility. That's where he fa- he fails. 
he fails to understand his responsibility as the emotional leader out there. And as the emotional leader, that responsibility means that you need to stay on fire but do it in such a way where it's channeled. And he, you know, and he many times does that but too often crosses the line. And that's where he gets in big trouble because he's not the most talented player in the league. I mean, not by a not by a long shot. He is there on heart, guile. Um, as a player, I mean, he's a smart player out there. But but his talent can only take him so far, and that's why the emotional part has been so important for him. But as important as that is, he's sitting there right now, and he's going to watch the next game because he couldn't control that emotion. Again. And for some reason, he just can't. He just can't quite harness it, especially in the biggest games. He can't quite harness it. He just he gets too wrapped up and too emotional. And then he does something like he did the other day, and that wasn't good. Now, did he have his foot grabbed? Yeah, Sabonis did grab his foot, no question about. It. Right, so what Sabonis did was wrong, but that doesn't mean you get stopped on either. The, uh, by the way, does anybody want to win at home? Every Stanley Cup playoff game last night, the road team won, including the first ever playoff game, the Seattle Kraken have ever played in. They went. The Denver and beat the defending cup champions, the Colorado Avalanche, three to one. Wow. But all the road teams won last night. And one handedly, too. Yes. And then in the NBA, in fact, the only two home teams to win in the Stanley Cup playoffs so far, there are eight series. The only two to win the opener at home were the Carolina Hurricanes and the Bruins. That was it. Wow. In the NBA playoffs last night, the home teams did fine. Celtics won. The uh, Suns won. And the uh, Cavaliers won over the Knicks. And so all the home teams did win last night. The Knicks are a blue-collar, defensive-minded team. While, if you're going to ask me who has the better, quote, basketball players, better athletes, better basketball players, it's Cleveland. In fact, it's not even close. Cleveland absolutely has the better players the Knicks have to beat you on guts guile crashing the glass playing good defense they're not going to beat you on uh, like hey we're the more skilled team that's that's not how the Knicks win 
So they will go back to Madison Square Garden. But if you were to ask them ahead of time, hey, if you got a split, how would you feel? They'd be like, ooh, hey, that's awesome. We got a split. And the playoffs are off to, in terms of like the competitive part of it, the playoffs are off to a good start. And that's, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, that is the rub with the NBA. Like You don't see this kind of basketball, this kind of commitment in the regular season. And that does make a huge difference. And it makes a difference in the perception of the league. But when it comes to their TV contract, they will be selling you the playoffs, the playoffs, the playoffs, the playoffs. That's what they'll be selling you. And that's fine. I mean, that's because that is what they should be selling. And I know they've asked for the possibility of tripling their deal. Uh, They will not get triple in the new deal. But what they will get is they'll get at least double what they're getting now. That's my prediction. And the NBA is the part, as I've mentioned many times before, this is the specter that hangs over all the other negotiations, whether it's the Pac-12, whether it's the NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament, whatever it may be. The network's believe it or not, are out of money. They have committed so much money to wrap up as many sports contracts as possible that now they have to be judicious as to what they do with their next move. All of them, including ESPN. And we're going to find out in the next few weeks, less than a month. Unfortunately, and I do mean unfortunately, which people ended up getting laid off. And if people are getting laid off, that tells you about the health of the company financially. Because if, if the health of the company was off the charts, then you would not be worried at all about your job. But even ESPN is going to lay off people. I know it's a Disney um, mandate. I understand that. But Disney has told them, hey, look, guys, you've got to be smart about what you're doing here financially. That's why when you look at it, if you're the Pac-12, you have a problem. The NCAA Women's Basketball Tournament may feel like they're in the best position ever. Really? I'll ask openly. Who You need competition to drive the number up. Who else is going to bid? Because, again, money has already been spent. 
millions, tens of millions has already been spent. By various outlets, it's been spent on the NFL. It's been spent on Major League Baseball. It has been spent on MLS. It has been spent on the NHL. It has been spent on the Big Ten. It has been spent on the SEC. I mean, those are the biggest properties. The other, I mean, and now you're going to have the other part. Not only the NBA, here's the other one you've got to really be worried about. Why, like, you know, you've tapped out unless you're a special property. There are two special properties that are going to be up for bid, and it's not Notre Dame football. The two special properties that are going to be up for bid in the next three years are going to be the NBA and the college football playoff. I did not say the Pac-12, I did not say Notre Dame, and I didn't say the Big Ten Women's Basketball Tournament. You're sitting in a room and saying, look, I have two, top, my top two priorities. My top two priorities are those, the college football playoff and the NBA. Because those are the two I know I'm going to get return on. And that's that's called business. That's called business. Okay, you just can't sit in the room and go, gee, what makes us all feel good? Nope. Okay? They've spent so much money to this point, everybody across the board, it's business. How much money are they giving, Judge? Um, let's say about little more than a fourth of the gross national product of Honduras. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Guess what? I mean, I mean, I could accept something from, uh, you know, from uh, Honduras off the street going over three in a big game, but not the guy making billions. All right. uh, It's fine. That's your guy though, right? That hadn't happened a lot lately. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sorry. He said that when Otani hit a home run, right? No, senor! Otani... No, senor! No, senor! Well, didn't, wasn't Otani the one that homered last night? Correct, but Luke doesn't know who Otani is. Well, he just has to say, say all rise. will be good enough. But he knows it's for Aaron Judge, so we're we're fine. Whew. Boy, Griff Channing's going to pitch tonight. Wow, against Johnny Brito. Yeah, who gave up nine runs last time? So again, this is a toss-up. If the Yankees' offense can like maybe you know show up tonight, maybe they'll have a chance if Brito can pitch any any remotely better than last time. So I don't know. We'll see. So your guy's two for his last 15 at the plate? That sounds about right, yeah. It's only hitting 263 at home. Isn't that where they need to sell tickets? Okay. Well, I'll come back with more in a moment. <laughs> Here on News Radio 1070 W. Up the left side, gets it up for Jaden Schwartz. He'll walk into the high slot, fire it across, scores! Alexander Wenberg comes into the zone, down the right side, into the circle, and the Seattle Kraken regain their lead. It's 2 1.
first ever playoff game for the Kraken. They won 3-1 last night at Ball Arena in Denver. Very nice. All the road teams won last night in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Pirates are pummeling the Rockies again today. Pirates are leading, Was it? Is it 9-0, I believe, last I saw? Yeah, 9-0, bottom of the third. Cardinals lead the Diamondbacks 14-5. Phillies uh, lead the White Sox 5-2, bottom of the seventh. So good news for the Phillies there. Good start for Taiwan Walker. Really good start. Pirates have the fifth most extra base hits in baseball right now. The Pirates are playing great. And Trey Turner, by the way, three for four today. Brandon Marsh. And the Angels catcher, by the way, great prospect Logan Ohapi, who played for the Cutters, was the guy traded for Brandon Marsh.